Now we're going to officially change the prayer night to Wednesday evenings, 7 p.m. We're going to call it a midweek service so that people who are looking into the church, if they can't come and visit on a Sunday night, they will see that it's a, a midweek meeting. Um, but they will be in for a surprise if they show up because it's not going to be a teaching time. It'll be prayer and worship, just as we always do. So it'll be a good time. You guys who, who uh, come on whatever nights we've been having it, Thursdays, Fridays, um, you, you know what, what the deal is. So our worship nights uh, or worship and prayer nights are always always a good night. Starting January 7th, we will begin our 11-week Friday night course on the Essential Guide to Healing, which will be a, an equipping and training time for all believers. Whoever will show up to this, I've actually put a promotion out on Facebook so that people in the community will hopefully see it if they're on the Facebook, Facebook, whatever you want to call it. I'm not on there a whole lot, so I know I'd probably miss the advertisement, but I just wanted to put it out there and promote it a little bit so that people who are believers will see this opportunity to, to have some training. Most Christians want to be able to pray for sick people and see something, you know, see results. So oftentimes our experience is we, we will pray for someone or we'll pray for ourselves and we're just like, please God, make this sickness go away, make this headache go away. Will it ever end? You know, but there, there's, there's a place of learning and getting revelation and insight through the scriptures and through teaching of the authority that we have as believers. The authority and the power of the Holy Spirit living in us that's not just for us to stay in us, but it's his power to be released out of us. It's the grace of God in the Holy Spirit to release miracles, signs, and wonders that wherever we go as Christians, these things would, would happen through our lives as we preach the gospel, as we share Jesus with people in our community, whether that's in your school, workplace, uh, family members, wherever you're at, God wants to be a center of your life and he wants to be the center of your interactions with people when it comes to them facing hardships, whether it's sickness or they're dealing with a financial difficulty, uh, whatever it is, you need a breakthrough in your life for something to happen, you're stuck, God wants to show up. He, he wants to reveal himself in all of those situations. So this is going to be an awesome class. It's uh, Bill Johnson and Randy Clark. It'll be a back and forth. One week will be Bill. The next week will be Randy. And you will walk away with an understanding of your authority to heal You'll learn what it means to create an atmosphere of faith. You'll learn how to receive words of knowledge, if that's something that you've never experienced that you are interested in. You'll, we will have an activation in receiving words of knowledge. We'll, we'll learn how to discern what a word of knowledge is. And we'll implement the five-step model of healing prayer. So I don't quite know what the five steps are, but we'll learn about it together. So it'll be fun. If you can't commit to all 11 weeks, that's okay. We are okay with people coming for one or half of it or as much as you want. Um, obviously, the benefit would be to enjoy the entire thing if you can have the time to do that and commit to it. But we don't want to make it a strict commitment for people who can't make the whole thing. There, of course, is no fee for this class. The only cost would be if you choose to buy books that go with it, this, this book in particular, or the uh, leader, leadership, the um, 
the, there's a manual that you could get that would go with it. So that's up to you if you want to buy those. You can find them on Amazon or uh, Bethel's bookstore. And that's about that. So anybody so far interested? I know Miss Judy is. I know, Belle, you're going to be working during that time, aren't you? Oh, you don't know yet. Awesome. Anyway, okay, so we won't take a hand-raising session here. Also coming up, this is going to be pretty awesome. I'm excited about this. Judah Arise, a prophetic summit in Fife. This is at New Horizon Church in Fife. This is the conference Tammy and I went to last year, and it's going to be awesome. So if you look down at the website there in yellow, you can look at the information for the cost. I believe right now there's an early bird special for 59 bucks or 49 bucks for the whole four days. Uh, but go to Northwest or excuse me, nwsummit.org. It'll be January 27th through the 30th for alignment with the prophetic release upon this hour. Keynote speakers. Brian Simmons from the Passion Translation. That's going to be awesome. Richard and Libby Gordon, they're Bethel Church uh, pastors. They're part of the BSSM pastors. And if you're not sure who they are, he's the guy with all the big dreadlocks. Looks kind of like a South African lion. So they're going to be there. And also Jeremy Nelson, founder of Elisha Revolution and more. There will be worship that's going to be from their own ministry team as well, of some of the, as, well as some of the Bethel people that will be there will be helping lead worship going to be a powerful time. I plan on going. You should too. Except for that Friday night, but who knows? We may be like, we're going to um, make an announcement. Yeah. I don't think I would want to miss that and not pause our class for one Friday. That's, I'm just talking for myself. You guys can still show up. Okay. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. All right. You guys are just so lively tonight. You are. Your heart's beating inside your chest. You're, you're awake. You've had food and, and some caffeine. So you, you should be set for the rest of the meeting to move forward here. Awesome. Are you done getting your notes there, Pam? Okay. I want to make sure you got everything jotted down. I'm really excited. Tammy texted me this conference. And I was like, last year, this conference was strategic for, for us, for, for me personally, as, as, a, as a leader, um, I was in that season of, God, what do you have for us in this next year? Are we to keep doing house church? Or should we make preparations and trust you to open up the door for us to relaunch our church, relaunch Legacy City Church in a building? This, this space we're in right now was not hours it was it still had the Windermere sign in the door I didn't know if, if it was going to be a possibility or not I deliver mail here we walk I walk past it every day delivering mail I would look at it but it was just an empty space and then we had all of the stuff happening during that time of the election stuff the November 3rd and all of the turmoil that happened from what most people feel was a stolen election and then January January 6th came, and then most of the people that voted for Trump, which is everyone in this room, I believe, um, <clears throat> we felt like we were being called insurrectionists. So January 6th was crazy, and then January 20th. So we wanted all of that stuff to, to blow over, and then 
we knew that it was time for us, once that was settled, time for us to seek the Lord diligently for a space for our church, if it was his will for us to do that. So we went to this conference. Um, we got blasted in a good way, like Holy Spirit blasted. Tammy actually was the luck. She had the bullseye target out of a, out of a room full of about 400 people probably worshiping. Um, at the end of the first evening of worship, you know, one of the prophetic people went up there and talked to Dwayne Wolf and uh, whispered into his ear. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a prophetic word for this lady over here, this uh, lady next to uh, so-and-so. There's a lady named Penny she was sitting next to that they knew. Sitting next to Penny, the lady with the blonde hair. So, you know, you're like, you're doing good. You go to a conference full of people and you get the first, you know, bullseye target <laughs> prophetic word called out of the crowd. But that was just the beginning. Tammy needed that encouragement. And we, we signed up for the prophetic uh, sessions where they will do this again, I'm sure. You have their sign-up sheets and you have a slot that you can put your name in to get prophetic ministry. They actually had two types of things. They had prophetic ministry and deliverance ministry in case you need some deliverance. <laughs> Maybe you could sign up for both. I don't know. They got four days of it this time. <clears throat> I, we both signed up for the prophetic ministry, and I recorded everything they said to me. I, I felt like everything that these uh, four ladies were hearing and sensing the Holy Spirit showing them and saying to them, for me, was, it was like key for me. It was very clear, specific words to continue leading people up the mountain in a train, tethered together on donkeys, going up into higher, higher territory, and, and they made it clear that that was not just me and my family, but this was a, a group of people that I would be leading up this mountain. And then the prophetic word opened up more to uh, being up in this higher elevation, um, seeing things from this perspective of a heavenly perspective. So, I mean, boom, boom, I was just like, I knew it. And he needed that because we had just gone through a season where we lost our space and we lost half to three quarters of our church because they didn't like that we were continuing on with what God's called us to do. And so in our house, because we decided that, you know, God told us, it says in the scripture, do not forsake gathering. And one of our members, they were like, does that mean we're going to, you know, because the president at the time said that, you know, I deem church as essential. Trump, yeah, Trump. And so one of our members texted right away and said, does that mean we're meeting? And we had already been feeling like we were supposed to keep meeting, like we have to do this. And so we did it. And there was a lot of people that didn't agree with that and decided to give ultimatums or they're gone. And you know, what do you do? So we have to do what God has called us. So that was really important for him to hear um, because it is, it, you're kind of like, okay, what do we do now? Like, are we starting over? Is our season done or what? So it was really important. And he got a really great word that, yeah, to continue on. And outside of that, the lady that was signing people up, we were talking with her and she said, oh, do you guys have your own space? And we said, no, actually we don't. And she said, I'm going to pray for you guys. So she prayed for us that God would open up a space for us. And was it a week later or a couple weeks later that the doctor that owns this whole complex approached Scott? 
and said, hey, are you still interested in that space? And we stepped out in faith because we had Kelly, we had Tao, <laughs> and my mom and Anna, <laughs> and then our family. And we were like, okay, like we don't necessarily have the funds to do it, but we want to step out in faith. And I mean, we had enough funds to cover most of it, but we were like, we want to step out in faith. And even if at the end of this, that we had to use our own money to cover things, that was the risk we were willing to take because we believe that God called us to do this and it doesn't matter the numbers until God says you're done or, you know, whatever, which we don't believe that will ever come, but you never know. But um, we just felt, yeah, we got to continue on and we need to, we always, we've preached it. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, and we had to step out. We had to risk everything, and even if it makes us look dumb, we're going to risk it, and we're going to do it, so. But it was amazing, because then the doctor called and said, hey, or, you know, approached him and said, hey, you want this space, and I'll give it to you for this price, for this long, and so now we'll continue to pray that he'll let us have it for the same price as next year. <laughs> Don't raise the rent. So it was interesting um, and this is just testimony, so we kind of, yeah. you know, guys hear again the, the beginning of, you know, we're what, nine months, ten months into this? Well, March was our beginning, so three, ten, eleven, twelve, oh, we're in December, aren't we? So nine months ago. <clears throat> so I was just delivering mail, and I saw the doctor come out of the um, salad shack lady's place over here. And he, you know, he knew who I was. Obviously, I had talked to him about this space a year previous before COVID and he wasn't able to do the pricing that we were able to afford at that time <clears throat> but he had the whole year to think about things and when he saw me he I was already thinking I want to talk to him about the space again he already was in his heart looking at me thinking do you want to are you still interested in the space and he wouldn't even let me really answer his own questions he it was like He's not a mind reader. Okay, I don't believe in mind reading, unless he was functioning by some weird spirit. God was on the conversation. He was like, what do you think? A five-year, three-year, probably a one-year lease, which is exactly what I was thinking. I don't want to commit to three. Uh, I felt like if this was God, within one year, we would, we would know to continue beyond a year. Um, I knew that the certain dollar amount that we could do safely almost up to a year and then if we had to if no one else showed if no one showed up if it was just Tammy and I we could pull our tax return money or something and pay the rest of it but anyway I wasn't thinking that that would have to happen I just knew that okay I'm not going to commit ourselves to a financial legal obligation that if if it wasn't God's will for us to launch back out as a church in a building then you know, I'm like not hearing God and doing something stupid and committing legally to a, a lease that would go for two years for a certain amount of money that I, you know, would be obligated to pay or taken to court, you know, whatever. You guys can imagine what the scenarios could look like. So, so we knew that a one year and the, the dollar amount he said, what about this amount? I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. And uh, he just said he was excited that there would be a church in this space. He said, I know that, that people need this right now. They need faith. They need a place to, to fellowship and do all of that. So that was awesome. And that, that was within, I think, a couple weeks of the conference. 
And then two weeks after that, we were... By the end of that week that we had the contract signed with them. Yep, had the contract, keys, we began, Kelly was here, he helped change locks on doors and set these TVs up, and uh, Tammy and I rented steam cleaner for the carpet, and we painted the wall, you know, strung some lights and tried to throw stuff together, you know, as, as cozy and presentable as possible. So that's just, that's what started out. And I want to mention something. I know this is kind of the message tonight. Other, we will read some scriptures too, I think. I hope so. You guys like the Word of God, don't you? No, you love the Word of God. Come on, correct yourselves. Anyway, I'm teasing. Tammy and I stepped into this journey to plant a church from a prophetic word. Okay, I'm not going to tell the whole story all over again, but that, that prophetic person at a conference said to Tammy and I, I hear God say, you are here in this conference for clarity direction and you are to go plant that church okay and that's exactly why we were there and we started with the prophetic word and there is no way on god's beloved earth i was gonna say no way in hell but no we're not that's that's not even our that's not our realm you know we don't even deal with that area um, other than sending things back there where they came from there's no way on earth that we would shut this down without knowing prophetically, hearing prophetic, clear prophetic direction that the season for Legacy City Church is over. I'm okay with that. If there comes a day where God says that through the prophets, through prophetic voices that we invite to speak in, that we see that the season for that ministry is over and that God's going to have something new and that there's a time of rest, whatever, however it would come across. Yeah, I would have to hear clearly. Barbara's like, no, no way. <laughs> and we don't anticipate that ever, so just so you know. We're not say it, setting you up for anything. <laughs> we're just saying that, that we're not going to, we started with a prophetic word. We weren't going to go on our own flesh, our own desire to have a church of our own. We, we started with the, leaning into the prophetic, and we will continue to lean into the prophetic throughout the years of this of what this church is supposed to be all about. Yeah. That's why we consider ourselves an apostolic prophetic foundation church. We lean into the voices of, of apostolic leaders and prophetic leaders in the body of Christ. And so that's where we're at. That's and that's where this summit. That's why yeah. these are so important. Yes. I believe that this summit will probably be an, an ongoing thing for Tammy and I, and we would encourage everyone in our church. And I'll, I'll throw this out every week until... January until the, the time comes. Um, don't look to us to carpool. You guys can figure out carpooling if you want to do that. I just want to say that out front because Tammy and I, we, we'd like to be able to break away and not be responsible for making sure someone's in the car with us. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there for just a jump start. <laughs> Tammy's like, thank you. Well, sometimes we want to meet up with people in the conference or whatever. Exactly. So, all right, you guys good? You ready to start this off by reading some scriptures? Yes. Why don't we stand up? And you guys just stand up a little bit, shake your legs. Belle, I mean, if you really can't, you're a 23-year-old person who just works so hard today that you just can't stand. I won't, I won't harass you. Okay, you guys ready? We can read this out loud together if you want. I have a little bit um, more than what I was planning on here, so we'll read through the scripture, 
And we'll do the declaration. Why not? You guys are cool. All right, here we go. John chapter 1. Tis the season for Christmas scriptures, right? So here we go. From the Passion Translation. In the beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from him. A fountain of life was in him, for his life is light for all humanity. And this light never fails to shine through darkness, light that darkness could not overcome. And if you didn't know already, we're speaking of Jesus, because this is the Gospel of John telling us about who Jesus is. Suddenly a man appeared who was sent from God, a messenger named John. For he came as a witness to point the way to the light of life and to help everyone believe. John was not that light, but he came to show who is. For he was merely a messenger to speak the truth about the light. For the perfect light of truth was coming into the world and shine upon everyone. He entered into the world he created, yet the world was unaware. He came to the people he created to those who should have received him, but they did not recognize him. But those who embraced him and took hold of his name, he gave authority to become the children of God. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by a man's desire, but he was born of God. And so the living expression became a man and lived among us. We gazed upon his glory the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. John announced the truth about him when he taught the people, he's the one, he's the one I've been telling you would come after me, even though he ranks far above me, because he existed before I was born. And from the overflow of his fullness, we received grace heaped upon more grace. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. No one has ever, excuse me, no one ever before gazed upon the full splendor of God except his uniquely beloved son, who is cherished by the Father and held close to his heart. Now that he has come to us, he has unfolded the full explanation of who God truly is. So tonight, as we prepare to worship, I, I have to hit a bunch of slides to get past the declaration, um, but that's okay, just skip past it, or should we just do the declaration? I feel like the declaration would be good, but I just want to stop and pause for a second. Our worship tonight, obviously, it's all about Jesus. You know, we're in the Christmas season right now. We're in the month of December. We're already about halfway through this month. It's just going fast. And, you know, it's, we know as believers it's all about him. He's, we choose to make Jesus the center of our celebrations throughout this month, throughout the holidays. And, and it's just a refreshing opportunity for us tonight to center ourselves around our king, to center ourselves around him and, and feast on his presence. 
So I just want to encourage us tonight as we break into worship, as we prepare to, to, to lift our voices in song, that, that you and I each would just anticipate him to come and refresh and revive and recenter who you are on who he is. So that's my, my prayer, my desire tonight. Um, but let's make this declaration together. I felt like this would be fitting for us. Um, yeah, so let's, let's do this together. You guys ready? All right, let's do it loud and clearer. As we worship you tonight, we are believing you for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. So we thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope you guys declared that over yourself yeah. tonight. Yeah. So you want to pray? Yeah. Yeah, Father, we just, we give everything we have to you tonight, Father. God, we just lay everything at your feet, God, and we just rejoice in you. We celebrate you tonight. As we lift our voices, we celebrate you tonight. You are so, so good. You're so, so good, Father. give you praise tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, it's, a, it's an honor for us as Americans to be able to gather in a place and worship you and to come around your word. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege to have our own place of worship, our own house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that even as we were reflecting back in time tonight of having a living room gathering when the whole COVID thing first broke out, Lord, you were so, so good, so faithful to give us this place so that we could open it up and invite people from the public to come. That this would be a safe place, Lord. A place of safety, a place of refuge. We just thank you, Lord. We worship you tonight, Jesus. God, we thank you that your word says our, our true act of worship, our true spiritual worship is to offer ourselves to you as living sacrifices made holy and acceptable by your blood. We just pray over ourselves tonight. If you would, just put your hand on your own heart. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you that your blood has made me holy and acceptable, that your blood has made me clean, that it's by your blood you declare us holy and perfect. And because of that, we can give ourselves to you fully in worship. So tonight, Lord, we just, we present our bodies to you as living sacrifices made holy and acceptable. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just feel like we should take opportunity tonight to pray for one another. So if you have come into the room tonight with a heavy burden, if you feel like you're not you're not able to just take hold of the peace of God right now that that you know He has for you, and you just want us to agree with you in prayer for a. a a breaking off of whatever it is that is robbing you of your peace to break that off and to just infuse and release the peace of God that transcends all understanding so if you want to just come up for prayer I'm going to just open it up it's not very many of us here so it doesn't have to feel awkward but if you just want to receive some prayer we'd love to just gather around whoever wants it So maybe just where you're at, just continue. Just put your hand over your heart or wherever you need to put it, over your mind, if you need to put it on your forehead or wherever wherever the struggle is at, wherever, wherever there might be a lack of peace. And I don't know if it's maybe even concerning the future, concerning the days ahead, over finances, over your health. We just speak right now the peace of God, the shalom of God, the the perfect well-being of heaven. And we just declare that release tonight over your heart and over your soul and over your mind and over your body. Father, tonight I I just declare the perfect peace, the peace of God, the peace of God, the peace of the Father, the one who is our protector and our provider, the one who gives us our identity, that the peace of God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit would be released tonight and guard, that it would come tonight and guard and establish hearts and minds through faith in Jesus. Jesus, we look to you. You paid the price. You paid it all on the cross. This is our inheritance, Lord, that we would take hold of that which you have paid for, that which you have died on the cross for, that you would receive the full reward of your suffering, that we would release your kingdom here on the earth now. So let let the peace of God, let the kingdom of God come 
and rule and reign in peace tonight over our bodies and over our minds and over our spirits, over our hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, I'm thinking of this next year. I just want to encourage you guys to grab hold of what God has for you and to run, to just run. And don't let it, ever let anyone tell you that you're that you can't do it or that you shouldn't do it. Step out in faith and just impress into him, listen to his voice. The Holy Spirit will not steer you wrong. And if you don't know what you're supposed to do in this next year, dream, dream with God for a while. Just ask him, God, what do you have for us to do? What do you, what do you want me to do this next year? And just dream with him. I mean, sky's the limit. I mean. It can be, it might sound crazy to other people, but if that's what God's called you to do, then do it. Just have fun with him, dream with him, enjoy walking through the process with him. So Father, we just ask God, what do you have for each person here for this next year, Father. God, I pray that you would impress on their hearts to dream with you. Big dreams, God, where you have to show up for it to happen. God, where they have to take a risk. God, we love you. We love that we get to dream with you even if it may seem crazy to other people, God, you put desires in our hearts. God, we just wanna focus on you, focus on this next season with you. God, individually and as a church body, God, we look forward to this next year with you and what you've got for us as a church. We know that if it's not good, it's not the end. But God, we know, because you're a good, good Father, that you have amazing things for this church this next year, Father. Even if we can't see it, that it's just gonna get better and better with you. happens in the unseen than what we can actually see with our eyes. And I'm just trusting the Lord tonight to release a deposit in your hearts. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he knows exactly what's ahead this week, next month, in the new year. 
And I just feel his heart saying that there's the invitation tonight to continue to hold his hand, to continue to hold on, hold on to his hand, hold fast to the Lord. It's not a religious exercise. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. He just wants you to hold his hand and walk with him in a relationship. Not a one-way relationship where you just give him your laundry list of needs. He does care. He cares about your needs. And he wants you to present those things. But there's more to prayer. There's more to walking with him than just you telling him what you need. He wants to... He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. He wants you to hear his voice and to know his presence, to feel his presence. That you would know that you know that you know that he's with you right beside you. He's living inside of you by the Spirit and his presence is resting upon you. I think a couple days ago, the 10th of December marked 33 years where I laid my life down at the feet of Jesus. And no one in this room knew me back then. I was a 20-year-old kid who was just looking for hope and, and looking for purpose in life. Caught up in things of the darkness, things of, of the world. You know, a lot of you know my story. And some of you don't. <clears throat> I was one of those 1980s kids, high school kids that I just I put on that armor of of dark metal music and and did all of the things that go along with that kind of culture, you know, the the drugs and the the just focusing and centering myself around evil and, and the things of hell. And, but I know that the reason why I was trying to hide myself in that, it's because it made me feel powerful because I was really weak. I was really scared. I didn't know what the future held for my life. I didn't know that God would really touch me and make himself real to me. And the one who I was denying and running from was actually the one who was pursuing me. And it was that month in December of 1988 that the Lord came crashing into my life. He made himself so real. He, he broke my heart, crushed my spirit on the inside where it was so hard, like a heart of stone just cold stone towards the things of God and the things of Christianity. And he came in with a, a hammer of his love and he just shattered it. He broke it. 
and he birthed in me his spirit. He birthed inside of the, the manger of my heart. This is Christmas time. We celebrate the manger, Jesus being born. He was born inside of my heart that December when I said yes to him, when I said, Jesus, I don't know how I could ever change my life, but one thing I will do, I will surrender all to you right now. Would you come into my life? Would you come into my heart? Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you make me yours? And I'll never look back. That's what he wants for each one of us. He wants that for each one of us, guys. He just wants to live in your heart, be birthed inside of you, that you would know his presence, you would know his safety, his protection, his love for you, the love of God. He just, he just wants his sons and daughters to know how great his love is for you and for me. You know, maybe you're just in that place tonight where you just need to say, Jesus, I just give you tomorrow. I give you tomorrow. I give you this next week. And I ask you tonight that in, in this place of worship, that you would lead me, that you would lead me onward. You would guide my steps. I just pray that now, God. I just release that. I, I bless everyone in this room with that deep sense of knowing, of hearing your voice. I pray that tonight, God, that you would invade our sleep, that you would invade the quiet place of our hearts, and that you would break in with that still small voice, that tender voice of a father that says, trust me, look to me, follow me, dream with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just wanna check in with anyone, with everyone actually, if anyone feels like they have a prophetic word or a word of knowledge a word of encouragement that you're just sensing the Lord weighing on you tonight. If, if you do, just look up, come up here and grab the microphone real quick and share it. Otherwise, we'll just shift the gears of the car and cruise into scripture land. Don't force it. If there's nothing that's just resting on you, it's okay. All right. All right. Wake up if you fell asleep. It's no, no, you don't want to wake up. <clears throat> There's something good about just resting. 
I don't know about you guys. I don't know how much solitude you get in your own personal life. Um, but sometimes you just need to be still and quiet before God. Sometimes that's when he can do major surgery, <clears throat> so to speak, surgery. He can, he can do his divine moving of his hand into the places of your being that you don't quite see or understand. And he can fix things. He can adjust things. He can realign your heart, your mind, <clears throat> your body. You know, it was probably a couple months ago, uh, one of our, our newer uh, members, I'll call her a member because I think she calls this church her home, even though they're not here every week, but Oksana. Oksana uh, came into this place with serious carpal tunnel pain. She would drive the car around with the kids and even driving to the building, she was having pain in her hands and her wrists holding onto the steering wheel. And I believe this was her first time here um, that even during the worship time, she didn't realize what was happening, but God was healing her hands. Nobody prayed for her. Nobody had a word of knowledge saying God is healing carpal tunnel syndrome tonight. But she realized at the end of the meeting that the pain in her wrist was gone. And she went home with no pain. And when she came back the next time, she shared it with us that God healed that pain. She's no longer had any carpal tunnel pain. So I just want to just share that testimony because, you know, the, the testimonies of God, when we share the things that he did, whether it was how he saved me as a 20-year-old devil worshiper, <laughs> and worse than that, I won't even go into the details of what my life was like, but how he could save me and rescue me, or how he can heal Oksana's wrist, you know, the testimony of what God does reveals something to us. It shows us something about his nature. It's his heart. It's his desire. It's his will to heal people, to heal your body, to prevent sickness from harming you, where there's pain, ongoing pain, where there's trauma in your body. It's his will that, that you would be healed, that he would be able to position you in a place to heal that. It's not his will for anyone to have sickness. The will of God is to heal salvation that came to us through the cross is that word the greek word that we translate in our bible salvation is the word sozo the greek word sozo and that word doesn't just mean forgiven or saved it actually means many things it means healed it means delivered it means set free so it's his heart to heal bodies. It's his heart to rescue and save people. So the next time you see someone on the street who is wearing upside-down crosses or pentagrams on their jacket, like the young ladies that are at the workout club that we go to, that we see. <clears throat> yeah, we see these people at, at the Planet Fitness, and they have the jackets and things and T-shirts, different things every time. I know what that is. That's the armor. They're trying to cover their, their frightened little heart up with the armor of darkness because it makes them feel powerful. 
But God wants to save. He wants to rescue those, those people at your building that practice witchcraft. God wants them to be saved. He wants to translate them out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light in his son. So we share the testimonies. Re- recall the works of the Lord. I just want to encourage all of you, maybe even this week, where you're facing something that, that feels like you're facing a wall or you're facing something that's not of the kingdom, recall the testimonies of God. Recall the things that he has done. Declare the works of God in your own day and, and to those around you. Declare, speak forth the things that God has done. Because if he's done it once, he wants to do it again. It revealed something about his heart and nature then, and he will do it again because that's who he is. He's our healer. He's our rescuer. He's the deliverer. He's the savior. You guys good? It's so quiet tonight. Everyone's just like mellow land. I heard that earlier, and I thought it was a car going by really fast in the rain, but (laughs) it's like, what was that? Someone's skidding out over there. Oh, no. Just on. Well, guys, let's do this. I want to encourage us tonight. I'll encourage myself, and I would like to encourage all of us. Let's just read some scripture. We, We still will continue on in Hebrews 11, maybe next week. But I just, I felt a couple different scriptures the Lord dropped on my heart. You know, I, I had listened to this worship earlier, and I just felt such a, just the essence of the holiday season in our worship tonight, in those songs, those, those uh, Christmas time songs that we were singing. And I just was remembering and recalling the, the scriptures about the Lord's birth and remembering John 1. You know, we read that to begin with the first chapter of John, and I was just thinking about, it's, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. All of this. Everything we're doing in this room, and not just here, all of your life is all about Jesus. Whether you're living for him and walking with him or not, it really all revolves around him. And God forbid anyone that's in this place would ever live their life apart from him, not realizing that the world, the universe, it it all revolves around Jesus. He is truly the center of it all. Jesus is at the center of it all. And he's, it's his heart, it's his longing to draw men and women, boys and girls to himself, that, that he could heal their hearts, that he could heal their minds, that he could set them free from the effects and the works of darkness whether it's things that they brought on themselves or the things that others have put on them or just the attack of the devil and the situations that we're born into. It's his will, it's his heart to rescue and to draw people to himself that you would hold fast, that you would find in Jesus the anchor of hope to hold on to so that you can make it to the end of your life. Not broken, not beaten down, not hopeless, but healed and filled with hope and knowing that as you pass from this life into the next, that you're, you're walking through the curtain, holding the hand of the one who's been guiding you all this time.
And so I, I pulled up that scripture, John chapter 1. I was thinking of Revelation chapter 1. First, Revelation chapter 1, if you want to know that more about Jesus and his glory right now at this present moment, read through the first chapter of Revelation. It's powerful. It'll, it'll rattle you if you've never read it before. It'll, it'll shake off any idea of Jesus being this weak, skinny little Jesus nailed to a cross, hanging up at the above an altar in a church building somewhere. He's, he's not dead. He's alive. And he's powerful. And if you were able to have one glimpse of him in his fullness of his glory right now, you, like John who wrote Revelation, would fall at his feet as though you're dead. You would faint. And he would have to lift you up. And Philippians chapter 1 speaks about his, his uh, who he is. Um, 1 John chapter 1, I already said that, and Colossians chapter 1. So I just pulled some scriptures from Colossians. So if you guys are ready, you want to read some Bible with me, and then we'll just pray and, and fellowship for the rest of the evening. It's not the whole chapter. It's, I think, verses uh, starting at verse 8 to about verse 28, no, verse 9. So it's about 20 verses. I think you guys can handle that. Are you awake enough? You guys awake? <laughs> Ethan, are you awake enough for 20 Bible verses? Okay. So we're just going to read it together. I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, <clears throat> giving my own opinions or thoughts on it, but, you know, I, I may have a comment. I don't know. We'll just see what happens here. Verse 9, Colossians chapter 1. Since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing that you do. Then you will become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life, and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. And we pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. So this is Paul's prayer to the church in that, that city called Coloss 2,000 years ago. And here we are today, and this prayer speaks to us today that it's the will of God, and, and it's my prayer for us too, and it's my prayer for you, for myself, that we would become those reservoirs of wisdom and understanding, that we would have knowledge of God's pleasure over our lives. You know, many of us, we just walk through life not knowing that God loves you. He, he delights in you. He loves how he made you. He loves who you are. He loves your little quirks and your sense of humor and maybe even your lack of sense of humor. No, I don't know if he loves that, but you know, sometimes we just got to loosen up a little bit, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. He knows how he made you. I'm not talking about when you give in to sin. He doesn't love us. He, he loves us, but he doesn't love it when we give ourselves into sinful behavior, right? I mean, that would be stupid. Jesus died for our sins, to pay for them, to, to set us free from them. So obviously, the will of God is that we would, we would walk away from those things, and those things would be broken off of our lives. But he loves your, your personality. 
He loves the, the way you laugh. He loves the way you do things, the way you walk, the way you smile, the, the way your eye sparkles when you talk to someone. He, he created you. You're a masterpiece in his hands. He loves it. He loves you. And I, I believe he wants to, you, to give you and me revelation of an ongoing understanding of his pleasure over our lives. He delights in us. And I believe that that will set you free as you recognize his pleasure over who you are as a son or daughter. It will set you free from doing things that would be opposite to the nature that you've received from him. Things that don't go with the new life that he's given you in Christ. So verse 10, you know, he prayed, Paul prayed that we would walk in that righteousness, pleasing God, yielding our lives over to him, maturing and knowing the fullness of God. There's a fullness of God that he has for you and me. He wants to fill you up on the inside with his fullness. And that fullness comes from the Holy Spirit. And don't ever think that you've received enough of the Holy Spirit. There's always more. Unless you're on the floor shaking like you're being electrocuted, there's more. And even if you're on the floor shaking, getting jolted by the power of God, there's still more. <laughs> there's more. I mean, you know, you don't want it to kill you, but the power of God in its rawness and in its fullness has caused people to tremble and shake and feel like there's fire going up and down their bodies. Most of the time, he wants you to be able to function in life, knowing his presence, walking with him, feeling his touch, not manifesting in full-on electrocution everywhere you go, because it's kind of hard to work and do things when that's happening. But <laughs> Kelly's like, I don't know, I'd be cool with that. No, I think I'd probably be okay with that too, as long as you know, I could do my job. Anyway, here we go. Verse 12. <clears throat> Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. Some of you need to highlight verse 13. I'm not picking on anyone, but some of us, we need to highlight that and remember where we live. You have been completely rescued from the tyrannical rule of darkness, and you have been translated into the kingdom realm of his son. Verse 14, for in the son, all, and all means all, all our sins are canceled, and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. I don't know about you guys, there was a time where I was doing communion every morning. I feel like I need to begin doing communion again. We need to remember the power of the blood of Jesus, what it has done for us. And you and I have the permission to celebrate communion with God in your quiet time. Take some juice, take a piece of bread, a cracker, or whatever, and just remember and thank him for the power of his blood and the power of what he did on the cross for you that he took away, he canceled your sins on the cross through his blood. Verse 15, speaking of Jesus, he is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. 
For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority. It all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. That's pretty powerful. I'll let you reconcile that with your thinking on the different governments around the world, the corrupt governments. You have to work through that, talk to him about that. I don't believe that, that uh, it's his will that evil governments would do things and set laws and, and do things to people that would harm his creation, his sons and daughters. But he is the one who permits and allows rulers and authorities to be established here on the earth. It all comes from him and through him, and it all comes back to him. He is the head of his body, which is the church. If you forget who your head is or what your head is, Jesus is your head. Okay, just think he's the head of your life, he's your pastor. Okay, he has appointed human pastors and church buildings to help lead meetings and help shepherd people, okay, of which that would be which I am one of. But Jesus ultimately is your pastor. He is your shepherd. He's your chief shepherd of your soul. So listen to him before you listen to anyone else. Amen? He's the head of his body, the church, and since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection... He is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. So when anyone tells you you're just a rotten sinner, barely saved by grace, by the skin of your teeth, you're going to get into heaven, probably with the smell of smoke on you. Just remind them that, no, through the cross, through the blood of Jesus, I have been restored to innocence. He has declared me holy and blameless. Verse 21 through 22. We're getting to the end of it here. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions. He reconnected you back to himself. I'm going to pause for a second, okay? I was just reminded as I read that of what I was sharing with you guys when I was 20 years old, walking in darkness. He rescued me. I was not looking for rescuing. He saved me. He is the one who initiates your salvation. He chose you to be his. You may think that you chose God, and in that interaction between you and him, and you surrendering, you may have thought, wow, I gave my life to Jesus. I chose him. He chose you, actually, because Jesus said, nobody can come to me unless the Father is drawing them. So you come to him because he is drawing you. So let's look back at that verse again here then. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. 
he released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as a sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. He just wants you with him. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. I'm going to repeat that. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon, Never be shaken from the hope of the gospel that you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. So I'll take a quick pause. There is that if. So he is the one. It's, it's his cross. It is his blood that declares you holy and flawless and restored. But the if is there because it is a, it is a, a position that you step into as God draws you into himself into a relationship with himself he he brings you into a position you are positioned in Christ now as a Christian you belong to him because faith in him brings you into that faith is a gift of God faith is the gift of God salvation and faith comes from him and we step into that relationship with him by faith which initiates with him. And his response that he wants from you and me is that we would continue in that faith, that we wouldn't just receive, come to faith and receive Jesus and say, I believe in you, and then go our own way and never walk with him again. Believing that, well, when I die, I'm going to heaven because I prayed that prayer that one time. God wants you and I to step into a relationship he's drawing you and I to step into a relationship with him that initiates with his gift of faith and he wants you to walk in that relationship from here to the end now we've talked about this whole thing of well what if I stumble what if I fall what if I sin what if I backslide even though that word backslide is nowhere in the New Testament but we use that word as a description of kind of reverting going backwards I can guarantee you, if you are concerned about where you're at with him, that is a good thing. Because the danger of walking away from God is when your heart no longer responds. When you no longer have any any sensitivity to the spirit, to the voice of God. And you just harden your heart and you go your own way. It's not up to me to judge where a person who has slipped back into sinful lifestyle, behavior, where they have crossed a line of departing from the faith. That's between them and God. That's between you and God. It's between me and God. But the word of God is encouraging us with these little, these little if statements. Or like we read in Hebrews uh, chapter 10, I believe last week, or maybe the week before, it was the week before, the warnings that we have in scripture. There's those warnings, but those are there so that we don't just get complacent and throw off all responsibility of walking with God. He wants us to mature, to grow into becoming sons and daughters, not remaining a baby for the rest of your life as a little infant Christian, 
but he wants you to know his voice and walk with him and to to hear him and, and to obey his voice and obey the word of God. Obey. Did I say obey? Obey. <laughs> you guys good? Everybody okay? Okay. It's so quiet here. This is so weird, you guys. I'm just going to keep going, and we're almost done anyway. So if, indeed, you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon, you need to know that you're walking and standing on a firm foundation that you can grow on. You, need, you and I need to learn how to grow in the grace of God. He has given you grace that saves you, and he's given grace for you to grow in, grace to empower you, supernatural Holy Spirit grace that you might walk and rule and reign in life as a king or a queen. You okay? Yeah. Okay. I heard you sigh. And you're right next to me. Sorry. So now my insecurity is setting in. No, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm joking. Okay. okay, did I read all that? Yes, okay, that was all of that. So we're on our second to the last final verse. I can even celebrate the sorrows. Some of us might need to take note here. I can even celebrate the sorrows I have experienced on your behalf, or even your own sorrows. For as I join with you, in your difficulties. It helps you to discover what lacks in your understanding of the sufferings Jesus Christ experienced for his body, the church. This is the very reason I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant to his body, so that in his detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the word of God. Even in sorrow, even in hardship, that we would remember the suffering that Jesus went through, that, he would that we would remember the price he paid when he endured the cross for you and I to hold fast and hold strong, even in the face of temptation or opposition. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise, Oscar. Do you want to know about the secret surprise? A secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now is being revealed and unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. And here's the secret surprise. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. I want to make sure you guys understand and not misunderstand. And I, I believe with, with all of my conviction that this is not referring to every person on planet Earth, that not every person on the planet has the Spirit of Christ living in them. Not everyone does have the Spirit of Christ living in them. Romans chapter 8 is very clear that if you do not have the Spirit of Christ living in you, then you do not belong to Jesus. But if you have the Spirit of Jesus living in you, then you belong to him, and he is releasing life into your physical body by that Spirit. So when we read this, we want to understand that this is being written to believers, that this is not a message. This is not a message to go telling... Yes, we want to preach the Bible. We want to preach the good news to people that do not know Jesus. But they do not yet have 
the Spirit of Christ living in them. So we need to point them to Jesus so that they will come to a relationship with him as the Father is drawing them, and they will receive him. They will put their faith. Having believed, having believed, Ephesians chapter 1 says, having believed, you received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit, who's like a seal on your life, guaranteeing your inheritance. So the Bible is clear that that there is a place where a transaction happens, where you receive, where you are sealed, where you have the Holy Spirit come to dwell inside of you. I have to clarify that because there is teaching that everyone already has the Spirit of Christ in them, that everyone has already been saved. They just have not come awakened to that reality yet. In my book, that is a lazy, lazy way that lets you off the hook, and actually, why do we need the cross if that's the case? Yeah, I think it's so, so wrong and so lazy. Amen, lady. <laughs> okay, did we read all that? Here we go. Final verse. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person to the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. Let's stand up. Before I talk you guys into falling asleep or something. Here, let's put on some mood music. There we go. Merry Christmas, you guys. I know it's not December 24th or 25th yet, but Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas season. Jesus was born into my heart. I'm pretty sure he was born into everyone's heart in this room. But just wrap your mind around that reality tonight, even tomorrow, as you're pondering your relationship with him, that he was birthed when you came to faith in Jesus, when you came to put your trust in Jesus, he birthed his spirit inside of you. You were born again. You had a second birth. His spirit coming into your body, uniting himself with your spirit, your ghost, that lives inside of you, he became one with your spirit that you would become a new creation in Christ. You would become this, this new person that's never walked the face of the earth before. And it's the heart of God that as you yield yourself and walk with him, as you, as you, I don't know another word other than yield, as you submit or surrender yourself on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis, week-by-week, year-after-year, as you walk with him in a yielded way where you've, you've turned your, your being of who you are towards him in a relationship, and you've said, Lord, I want you to have your way in me. I want to know you. I want your will to be done inside of my life. 
that is, that is the place that he's inviting us into, to walk with him in a continued walk of growing with him, knowing him and becoming more familiar with him, walking in intimacy with him. I promise you, we opened up a couple weeks ago with that scripture about the man or woman who builds their house on the foundation of sand or the foundation of the rock and the rock being the word of God, walking in obedience and, and walking in the knowledge and yieldedness of the word of God versus walking away from God and doing your own thing, not, not walking with him. It's like building your house, building your life on a solid rock versus sand. And when the wind and the waves and the, the, the wicked times come across the face of this earth, across our nation, or even in our city, whatever comes our way, I'm not prophesying doom and gloom coming, but if it comes, if the dark times come, if you're built on the foundation of Jesus, a relationship with him, you're going to stand. You're going to stand. But if you're not building a, a, a walk with him that is on knowing him and, and growing in him, it's like building on sand. And when the hard times come, you're going to fall down. It's gonna, you're going to get swept up into the, the craziness of whatever comes your way. I'm not saying that you're without hope in that, that place because I'm trusting that there will always be believers that are looking out for those that aren't walking with him. And I, and I would even pray tonight that you and I would be those firm foundation people, those pillars in the lives of those who don't know Jesus, that when the wind and the waves come and they begin to get knocked down, that you and I would be the ones to grab them by the arm, grab them by the hand and grab their hand and put their hand in the hand of the Father. Lead them. We want to lead people to Jesus, the one who holds everything together. So Lord, we just thank you tonight, God. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for the ability to worship you in this place. And God, we just thank you for the infusion of your power tonight, of your presence in each person here. Whether we could see it or not, God, whatever you're doing in the unseen, we thank you for it. We thank you for the strength that you're giving us tonight to face tomorrow and to face this week ahead. So we just say we love you, Lord, and we give you praise in Jesus' name.